0: Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King,
1: created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level.
0: Nowadays, everyone's an educator.
1: Whether you chose that career or not.
0: And we're all in this together.
1: So come on, let's do this.
0: Welcome Welcome to to the the new edu. EDU.
1: Time right now that we are in, living in this world, in quarantine, in pandemic, global pandemic, is a crazy time. And so I just wanted to, first of all, welcome all of the listeners to your new first year of teaching. Your
0: very first year of everything.
1: And teaching. Not
0: just teaching. No right?
1: longer <laughs> just includes educators. Welcome to the first year, parents. Welcome to the new first year, teachers. This is something that we are all navigating together. Now, March was a practice run. In the spring, this started happening. Parents started becoming educators in their households, and it was survival. But we can no longer just survive. It's time to thrive. So now it's a new year, a new start. And so we've got to talk about how we're going to navigate this and how we're not going to do that, how we're not just going to survive, but how we're going to thrive through this crazy time in our households with our kids or in our classrooms with our students.
0: And how to consistently establish a sense of normalcy, I
1: guess. (laughs) Is that such a thing? uh, There is (laughs) not,
0: but it's anticipating what is not normal. And so we are here to just dive into what we have done, the mistakes that we've made, what we've learned from them, but then also guide you on some uh, insight on what we've heard works, what actually works inside of the home, inside of the classroom, to allow you to thrive during the season.
1: But before we even get into that, I just want to honestly take it back. It's kind of one of the first things that we're even going to talk about on this is keeping it simple. But Mm. honestly, you know, we're new parents. We have uh, six 16 month old almost. He's he almost is,
0: 16 months. Can, it's true. Yes.
1: I, I feel like I need a celebration right there that we survived the first 16 months of parenthood. Um, but we've been educators for quite some time. I have taught for this is my 13th year in education. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wade's already lost count. That's how far.
0: I don't know. <laughs> that's how far. Uh, I I I have, I've done the teaching <laughs> thing. I've done the administration thing. Um, you
1: did daycare before you even start. You worked in daycare oh, and summer programs Oh, my gosh. At summer Pants, I forgot
0: about that. Where yes. Where you sang all
1: the campfire songs. We did.
0: Y'all, yeah. And let's just go back. You you, you thought the um, Baby Shark song was a new song? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. We did that way back That's in the day. That's old
1: news. It just yeah. happened to go viral That's somehow. That's right. But... Um, I just want to take it back before we even dive into some things that we're going to talk about on this first episode for how we can really, like Wade mentioned, create some normalcy. But whether you're a parent or a teacher, taking it back to what, you know, what would you tell yourself if if you're a veteran educator mm-hmm. or you're a parent who has, you know, you have four kids or 10 kids or you're you're like one of those who they say that you forget about the, so we're still waiting on that forget the first year part. Not that it's not a complete blessing, but if you're a parent, I don't even have to explain. You already know. But what would we say to ourselves, you know, if Wade and I could look back, we talk about this often, actually, Mm -hmm. what we would go back and say to ourselves if we had just had Maverick, what would I tell myself that I wish I had done in those first you know, six, 12 months of life even. And, you know, I think about that as an educator. What would I go back and tell myself as an educator during that first year of teaching that I wish I could change more than anything? And what is so crazy is that whether I'm talking about being a teacher or whether I'm talking about being a parent, my message to myself would be the same exact thing. And it would be to do this. Breathe and relax Because what is going to happen is going to happen, and we're going to take it a step at a time. I felt like, you know, in parenting and in teaching, I got so caught up in being perfect at everything that truly, when I look back on that first year being a parent, it was more stressful than anything. And I just feel like this time doesn't have to be like that. So we've got to draw from what we know to be true about being parents. And even if you're a parent and you're like, oh, but I've never been an educator, you've been a parent. It's going to be okay to draw on, you know, the advice that we would give ourselves. And it's honestly to relax and to keep it simple, which is going to be something that we're going to talk about a lot today. Yeah.
0: um, I just want want to just dive into something that you spoke about is kind of the, the root of why I think a lot of people do get overwhelmed. And it's that Sense of perfection, no matter what it is. And so whether it's looking at social media, your colleagues, your neighbors, whatever they're doing with their kids or however they're teaching or what their home life looks like, we, we feel like sometimes that it, it has to look exactly like that. In your mind, when was the moment that you figured out, hey, it's okay not to be perfect, even though we struggle with that still, but especially during this season, why do you think that's so important?
1: Are, are you asking me to share with the people how <laughs> I'm yes, the i have moved past perfectionism? So,
0: let's preface this. Hope King is a perfectionist to the T to every single oh detail. Man, it's... But it's one of those things that, that makes her who she is. And I think a lot of people out there are like that. But they get so bogged down of doing everything the right way. And I think it's understanding that you will never do everything the right way. We're humans. We're going to mess up. But how do you remind yourself when you feel like you're feeling overwhelmed or you're not doing enough that, hey, it's okay not to be perfect? What do you tell yourself?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of pep talks with myself. You know, I talk to myself more than anyone else, I feel like, which I don't know if that makes me crazy. And if that's if it does, I'm fine with that. I've accepted it. (laughs) I've accepted it at this point. But for me, what I've recognized through the years and, you know, I just obviously still have so much to learn, but trying to be a perfectionist actually keeps me from being my best self. Mm. So in an act of trying to find what perfectionism is, I'm not being authentic to who I am, and it's keeping me from being the best version of myself. So, well, I guess what I'm trying to say, because I had to say that twice, I think, actually, just to get (laughs) it even in my own brain. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it's something that I'm constantly having to tell myself is that I'm I'm wasting time by trying to be perfect when I could just be using that time to take another step forward. And it's always about taking another step forward. How do I take one more step forward? And so I think for listeners in this podcast specifically, we want you to come here and be your authentic self. We want for you to be able to throw out the idea Even if it's just for a small time, even if it's just for the time that you're listening and learning right along with us, we want to make it simplified. We want to make it simple. And we want you to throw perfection out the window because what it does for me, perfection, when I think of the word perfection, it makes me afraid. It makes me hesitant. It makes me, you know, feel very anxious. And how do we move forward with those emotions? We can't, right? Mm -hmm. We need to move forward focused. We need to move forward motivated. Mm -hmm. We need to move forward, um, you know, without fear, being brave. And so for me, that is why I know that although I struggle with this, being perfect is, you know, something that is going to keep me from moving forward from achieving my goals, from taking the next step, even as small as that step may be, just simply doing that, remembering it's not about perfection, perfectionism. It's not about being perfect. It's about progress. So that becomes my daily mantra. How do I make progress every single day? It does not always happen. Sometimes I'm taking many steps back, but That is my focus, is how to simplify things and to truly take step forwards to make progress and to keep that momentum going.
0: Going back to when any of us, if you're listening, Hope and I, um, going back to when you first start anything, I think we go into it not expecting it to be perfect. And I think if we could remind ourselves of that, especially during this time period that it's not going to be perfect. How do
1: you do it? Because you're over here interviewing me and asking me, like, yeah. I'm the guest on this, and it's it's both of us here, buddy. So well, how do you... Because you struggle with it in different areas than I do, and I think you struggle with it differently, yeah, too. Yeah, I do.
0: I, I do. You, you and I are both super competitive people, and I think a lot of that, a lot of the perfectionism roots into being a competitive person. I think if... You are someone who has that grind, who wants to, to be the best version of themselves that they can be, that you are a competitive individual. Um, so what I do is I constantly remind myself of um, that there's only, there's only been one perfect um, being on this earth, and it certainly wasn't us. It was Jesus. And so I remind myself of that a lot, especially when I get overwhelmed. And it's going into every single day doing the best that I can but it is hard. It is so hard, especially when you see the potential that could come. And when you make mistakes, oh my gosh, yep. So it's, now this is a counseling session. It's <laughs> uh, all right. Because Hope, Hope will sit with me a lot and she'll say, wait, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. And then I'll go in and I'll say, well, that's because I did so-and-so instead, or that's because this wasn't working, or that's be- that's just be- And I make excuses. So I think where my fault is is I don't own the mistakes uh, because I want it to be perfect and I want it to be right. So I make excuses instead. Oh
1: well, praise the Lord, we got that on the podcast. Well, I mean, it's on the now podcast. It, it is a thing. It
0: doesn't. I don't know if it it means it's a thing, but I, I definitely put my best foot forward into yeah, acknowledging that, you and do. it's it's very difficult. And I think that's the 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 idea is acknowledging and naming the things that root um, in your sense of wanting to be perfect that you have to acknowledge to work on and be habitual about it
1: that is a great point is that has been powerful and i mean powerful for me and my struggle with perfectionism is naming. Mm-hmm. Naming what those things are. Because if you don't get those, you, you can't just sit and, and think on it. And then it just manifests itself in your, your brain. And I remember, you know, a sermon that we had listened to long ago where um he said that if you allow a seed to even be be planted in your brain, then it's gonna sprout roots and it's gonna grow. Right. And so we've got to name those things, get those things out into the open. And you know, I think one big thing for everyone in this community. Is that we've got to truly let go of perfection and strive for progress. And so, in this time right now, in this time right now, I guarantee that every single person I can, I can guarantee this. This is something I I can't guarantee much in life. What is this?
0: What is this? But I can guarantee
1: this. Every single person listening, parent or teacher, is feeling this. Oh, oh, goodness. Oh, but, but. But my child has to has to meet. They have to meet the standards. They have to progress. They have to get I, I, whether they be they, whether I'm homeschooling them or whether they're in school or whether it's a hybrid model or whether they're who knows what's happening. I still have friends right now who their children start school tomorrow. And they have
0: no clue, and they
1: still have no clue what the plan is. Right. And so I know that every single listener right now in listening, what even if your kids have started school. This is still the number one thing on your mind. But I've I've got to get my kids to those goals. They've, They've got to make the grades. They've got to hit the standards. They've got to hit those milestones. And what we're telling you is as we start to navigate this new season together, as you are welcomed into your new year, if that is what you stay focused on, what you're going to do is stress yourself out, you're going to burn out. And guess what? That is contagious for your kids or for your students. And nobody's going to make progress. You're going to go crazy. Your kids are going to go crazy. And that is not where we want anyone to be. And so it's a matter of saying, let me tell you this from what I do know. And I don't know. I don't know a lot. Okay. Wade. Are you sure? You're supposed to say I know a lot, but that's okay. You're supposed to say, no, I hope you absolutely know a lot. She knows everything. No, I don't know a lot. And I am right along on this journey with you. And that is the beauty of this community. But here is one thing that I do know if we are striving to take a step forward every day, let me promise you something your kids, whether they be your own children or your students, are going to make. Progress, I can promise you that. If you breathe, if you take a step back, if you simplify things and you focus on progress, that is exactly what is going to happen. And so I know the number one question that we're getting asked is, no, 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 but they gotta make the standards. They gotta make the, can you please just let all that go? I want for every single listener to let the worry of a certain standard or a certain level or a certain milestone or a certain achievement, I want you to let that go. I've learned this specifically in parenting because Maverick still has 4 teeth. He still only has 4 teeth and just I'm so two on the top, two on the bottom. worried that he's only going to have 4 teeth for, for the rest of his life. But the reality is that every child progresses differently. Yeah. So we just want to take all of the pressure off. And that's all we want to we wanted to start by focusing on this because it is such a huge deal with everyone right now in this this new normal that we're living in. Yeah,
0: and um, you've kind of already dove into uh, one of the first plan of actions that we really want to talk about. Yeah, so how do we fix this? Is, is just stay simple, keep keep it simple. And so what Hope and I really, really want you to take away from this uh, podcast today is your plan of action and what that looks like, whether you're a parent, whether you're an, if you're an educator, what does this look like to be or set you up to, to have the most successful year for not only you, but for your, your children and for your family. And so we're, we're going to dive into that. We've kind of already dove yes, in a little bit. With, folks,
1: we are going yeah. to get you to thriving instead That's of just right. surviving. And then we're going to need for y'all to do the same for us too, as, as we all learn and, and work <laughs> through this together. But yeah, you know, step one to really taking that idea of perfectionism off our plate and focusing on progress is like you said, to keep it Simple. So, how do we keep it simple, focusing as educators in our classroom? Yeah,
0: if if you can think back again, kind of like what I was referencing earlier, is the first time you did anything, if it was a sport, if it was a job, whatever it was, I guarantee you that you focused on what you could do and what you could control. And that's where we want to take you right now, keeping it simple, especially for parents parents, listen, you don't have to have all of the technology. You don't have to have all of the resources. I guarantee you, just like Hope said, if you are intentional about communicating with with your child during this time period and talking to them and allowing for conversations to happen, whether it's time for that virtual lesson, that hybrid lesson or not, whether it's outside, but you're paying attention to what your child is learning, you can have those conversations in whatever avenue or whatever scenario is going on. Parents, it's not all about the academics. I mean, we have to teach our our kids those essential skills. On, on how to change tire, on how to wash dishes, on how to fold clothes, right? That's what makes a great human. And so parents, guarantee you, if you focus on what you can control inside of the home, your child will learn and they will be more equipped to learn because they'll see that education isn't a completely separate entity from life. That's right. what makes a great human and, and integrating it and using it where you can and what you feel comfortable with. Wow. Don't stretch yourself. What do you feel comfortable with? Keep it simple and focus on the simplicity of supporting the teachers however you can.
1: That's almost like a powerful thing that you said is when this is giving us an opportunity for education and for home life to not be separate like right. it has always been in the past, but rather to be as one to develop the whole child. And so we have to look at this as a true opportunity, you know, as parents at home during this time, when all of us said, oh, if I just had the time, if I just had the time, well, now we are given the time so what are we going to do with that time? And, you know, I think part of keeping it simple, and I know you kind of gave just an overview of sure. of education and what, mm-hmm. it, what it is and how important and what it looks like right. in the home now and how it looks different. Um, but, you know, I think one of the biggest things that people are stressing about is how do I set up a classroom? How do I, my, I have a home. I have, I don't know, this is my house and now I've got to have a classroom or for teachers who are teaching virtually, do I teach at school in my classroom or how do I set up an office at home or how, how do I do this? And again, it's about keeping it simple. What are the necessities? You know, my educator friends will probably, you know, some might laugh at this and some might feel this, um, but I see so many teachers right now, but I'll also see parents who are running to the educational stores. Oh, boy, I know
0: exactly what you're about to talk about. And
1: they are buying every apple decoration and worm, pencil, pencil and worm and chalkboard. And they are
0: doing their darnest.
1: Man, you guys are ready to set up a classroom, guys. And if you've done that, you know what?
0: Hats off to you. Let's go. You go. Mm-hmm. You
1: go for taking initiative and you go for trying to create a space But I want to talk about that for a second because it's something that is true of being in the classroom, whether your classroom is in your classroom or whether you are, you know, working from home, your students are working from home.
0: And again, I know where you're going. Keep it simple, y'all. Just keep that in mind. This whole time, keep it simple and go back to the root. That is your new
1: mantra. Go
0: back to the root of when you were a child.
1: Write it on a Post-it note. Write it on a 3 by 5 card, because if you're teaching at home, we know you already stocked up on those because you're freaking out about the supplies that your kids need. Write it and put it up for you and for your kids to see every single day. Keep it simple. So when it does come to setting up a classroom, whether it be in your home or in your school, What are the needs right now? What are the needs of your students? And what, more importantly, how are you going to create an environment that is going to motivate? That's what we have to focus on with our kids. How do we create an environment that motivates? So if we're talking about an environment that would motivate you, Wade,
0: that is going to be... Can can we do that real quick? That is
1: going to look different Mm -hmm. than an environment that would motivate me. So the answer is not, let me go buy every decoration from the teacher store possible and hang it up to give my kids some normalcy. Let's rethink that. Yeah. Let's rethink that and instead of trying to make it like a schoolroom, how do I simply create a space for my child to know that this is where they're going to do their learning, but also will be a space that is motivating in some way to them? What would a, yeah. what would be a space that would motivate you?
0: Oh man, if I were a kid, boy you, you you put in like a recliner in there and then you put some posters of superheroes some places and maybe a guitar in the corner and a computer and some and some colorful pencils. I'd love some colorful pencils. If you give me that, I'd be all I'd be all ready to learn um, I, I think one thing that we have to do is parents and teachers, even teachers out there, uh, is scrap that mindset of what you thought education looked like when you were a kid.
1: Say that again. Oh boy. Say it again. We've got to scrap, scrap that mindset, mindset of what, what edu- yeah what
0: education looked like when you were in school. That's so, right. So it's that's not what it is. And with anything, we've got to keep current. We've got to keep up to date. You have to find out what your kids are interested in. Right. If you're if your child loves some PJ mask, you better go ahead and you better find something with PJ mask to put in that little spot for your kid um, in in that little area that you have designated for learning, for but virtual learning. But also
1: you learning. might say, I don't have a spot. I, we, you know, we live Right, in there's, house. oh, yes. Guys, it's just about creating a space, again, whether it is a little desk, with a lamp, with like Wade said, maybe a picture of something they're really interested in with some color pencils if they're super into art. Or, you know, for me, I would like highlighters and color markers (laughs) and oh my goodness, that would just, anything creative or crafty would be my jam. Um, And, you know, maybe that's all you do. It's not that you have to have a whole room. It's not that you have to clear out an entire room of furniture. Now, listen, if that's what makes your heart happy and that is what is motivating you and your kids, do it. But if it is making you miserable, It is not worth it. Rethink your plan because misery is not going to lead to mastery. That is never going to happen for your kids. And so that's what we're saying. Keep it simple. This is an amazing time and opportunity to ask your kids, hey, h- help me design your learning space. Exactly. Give them you a choice. You help me design your le- What do you want your learning space to look like? Now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't knock all your ideas. A recliner. I don't know. Maybe that would well, be good let, for let, you. Let me
0: bring that up real quick. Okay. But so to, to create a space for your child to be successful, you have to know what type of person your child is. And for me, I know sitting in front, if, if this is virtual lessons and I'm staring at a computer screen, I'm going to get stressed out. And I'm sure most of you guys, most of you parents have, have seen this from your children. It is difficult for a six, seven-year-old to stare in front of a screen for that long. I would need a break. It is hard. And that is okay for your child to want a break. Um, this space that you design or that you have designated for for your child to learn during this time period, that's what that space needs to be used for at all times. I'll give you an example just from parenting. When we were uh, with Maverick, our our son, when he was starting to take his naps on the regular, uh, his bedroom that's not a that's not a play area. That was not a play area at the very beginning. This is this is the crib is made for napping. The crib is made for sleeping, and so Maverick knows when we go up there now, it's nap time. It's yeah, sleep time. I
1: want to point out that it took us a good solid twelve months to get there, guys. We but, did not have a baby who slept in there. the night for a long time.
0: But we're there, and and we're not, we're not going back.
1: You're not going on
0: back. Keep them on that schedule, no, right? No,
1: but it is true. And there is something to be said for allowing your students to know, this is where I go to mm-hmm. learn every single day. But again, keeping it simple. Teachers in the classroom, this is not the time to, yeah, yeah absolutely. We want to create an environment where kids are excited to come every day. Yeah. But again, how can you keep it simple? And honestly, the way to keep it simple is not about creating it, you know, to be the most elaborate or the most decorative space. It can be very simple to, needs make to be children. It
0: needs to be uh, child-centered. It needs to be student-centered and not parent-centered or teacher-centered. It needs yeah. to be focused on the child and what's best for the child.
1: And it's also just a time to get creative and to try things. And guess what? If it doesn't work, who gives a flip? It doesn't work. <laughs> you've got the whole first right. semester, if that's on the, the model that you're on, or the whole first year. You've got you've got time to figure it out. Let me tell you something, parents. Teachers are constantly. And this is kind of great, too, because it's kind of like what we wish parents would know and also what parents might wish teachers would know Uh type of thing. But teachers are constantly modifying, adjusting. It's like what we talk, we we joke about it all the time in the field of education because guess what? We never have it right either because every single child is different. Every single year is different. Every single student is different. So let me also point out while we're finishing up and wrapping up about how to keep it simple. If you have multiple kids, guess what? A one size fits all model is not going to work for you. Let it go. Oh, wow. Let it go. Let your idea of what you think will work go. And you figure it out as you go. Because the deal is every single one of your kids, they're going to learn differently. They're going to be motivated differently. The way they learn is going to look differently. That is why educators are freaking superheroes. Mm -hmm. Because when we have 25 or 30 kids in our classroom, we teach 25 or 30 different ways to meet the needs of every single child. And I don't say that to stress you out. I say that we take one step At a time. And the way that we figure out if things work or not is we try them. So educators, parents, and when I say educators, by the way, that's everybody nowadays. That's everybody,
0: yep. I mean everyone.
1: Try, just start trying, but don't try with the idea that, oh, this is definitely going to work. Try with the idea of I'm giving it a go. Let's see what happens. Then I'll reevaluate as we progress through this. So keep it simple, whether it be your setup, whether it be your classroom learning space or your your learning space for your kids, whether it be the schedule that you are setting for yourself and your your, your children or your kids every single day. Keep it simple and keep it, look at it as a science project, guys. That's what this year, that's what a new year is all about. Trial and error. What works, what doesn't. And if it doesn't, try something new. And guess what? Let me tell you something. Here's another promise I have for you. That will be your entire time with your kids at home, however long that may be, is constant trial and error. So that is why, again, kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning, you cannot get caught up in perfection because there is never going to be a perfect situation. Parents, you know this best. The minute something you find something works for your kids, it works for about a week. And then guess what? The next week it's something different. It's
0: always something different. And that's yeah. what, as, as educators in the classroom, that's what we always see. Like you, you always have to monitor and adjust and reevaluate. But also, going back to what Hope said, you're never going to have perfection. And so we're going to kind of move on a little bit, and we're going to talk, speaking of reevaluating as well, you, during this time, you're going to have to reevaluate your priorities because I guarantee you, you will never be perfect. You will never have it perfectly right, but you can hold true to your priorities on what you value for your child, for you, and for your family. During these virtual and hybrid seasons of education.
1: Well, keeping it simple doesn't mean that you get stuck.
0: Exactly. And I think that that
1: is really the piece here is that just because we're saying keeping it simple does not mean get lazy.
0: No, heck no.
1: It doesn't mean, oh, I can just, you know, if it doesn't work, oh, well, for that day. No, keeping it simple means that keeping it simple but still moving forward. I want to make sure that is clear because we cannot just
0: take our hands off and say, okay, I've thrown my
1: hands up, I'm done. I'm going to keep it simple. This is where you then reevaluate your priorities and say, okay, how am I going to keep it simple and keep my my kids motivated? But how am I going to continue to move forward?
0: And that's that's pretty much the premise of reevaluating your priorities because if you don't reevaluate what's happening and how you're keeping it simple, You're just surviving. Yeah. And we've already said it. We don't want you to survive during this time period. We want you, your family, and your children to thrive and to be like, this was the best. Who says it cannot be the best year yet? Who says that?
1: Well, my best years are the years in which I learned the most. Mm. And those are the years that I grew the most. And so without a doubt, everybody listening has already... And it's not always pretty, guys. Growth is not pretty. Trust me. I'm going through a lot of growth right now, and it's not pretty. No. Growth is never pretty. It's but hard. it's the years that we learn the most that we look back on to draw strength from or to, to say, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. So at the very least, we're going to be able to use this year to press forward that's right. as things get tough again in the coming years. And so that's what we need to stay focused on, too, is that even though we feel like we're taking steps back, truthfully, Breathe and breathe again because you are taking steps forward surviving a pandemic living during a pandemic you whether you recognize it right now or not you are taking steps forward yeah. so how do we as we're keeping it simple in our homes whether that be again with classroom setup or whatever it may be how do we make sure that we continue to move forward? And that is all about priorities. People ask all the time, "How do you, how do you balance everything?" Because Wade and I, you know, we are authors of a book, and mm-hmm. we actually have our, our, we have a children's book that we released this past year. We are parents. We are speakers. We host conferences for educators. Um,
0: we exercise a
1: lot. We are big we into do exercise and to physical fitness. Thi- and so people will say, "How do you how do you balance it all?" And I'm going to bust that for you right now. If you have not already heard this or grasped this idea is that there is absolutely no such thing as balance because balance indicates that things in your life are equal and things in your life are never going to be equal we are going to have there are going to be times where I'm going to have to give more time to my kids or more time to my husband or more time to myself or more time to this project or that project or this thing that I'm trying or this hobby There's always going to be times where we're shifting. So there is never going to be such a thing as balance. It's all about how we shift our time and how we make sure that the things that are most important to us are the things that are getting done. They're prioritized in our life.
0: Yeah. And during this time period, we've got to make sure that we are holding true to those priorities and you cannot hold true to those priorities if you don't name the things that are important to you and that naming
1: you, it goes back to it naming. Goes
0: naming and so making sure that you do that but you also are able to share that with someone if it's a spouse if it's a friend if it's a colleague whoever it is To to kind of share and hold you accountable to those priorities. And so, reevaluating what your priorities are going to look like during this season while keeping everything simple will, will allow you to have growth, will allow your children to have growth, and set you up to thrive, to thrive, and to make it the best. 2020 that we can year. We only
1: have a few months oh, left a few guys. months come left, on, but it's on. we're gonna end months strong left.
0: and it's gonna be great. And so making sure that we stay connected to what we hold true and what we value is very important. But then also managing our expectations for those priorities to make them sustainable and consistent is absolutely one of those most important aspects of priorities.
1: And so one of the things that we do that we have found a lot of success in within our household is we will truly make, like Wade said, we will write it out. This is something that you can't just mentally think through, okay? If you mentally think through it, you're going to get lost halfway through and you're going to get confused about where you wanted certain things and priorities. And so when it comes to scheduling, And I think this has been a big thing for parents, too, is how do I create a schedule for my students? And how do I know, how how do we get through this daily life? Because this is something so different than we've ever done before. And it goes back to your priorities. And so one thing that Wade and I make a habit of doing, and listen, you don't just do it once. Sometimes we have to revisit our priorities daily. Sometimes we have to look at those lists weekly. Sometimes we have to post it on the refrigerator. But we sit down and we make a list of the things that are important to us. And so for us, that is faith. That is one another. That is our son. That is our our careers. That is is exercise. That is hobbies that we have. Because Wade will tell you, he does Uh jujitsu. And if he doesn't do that,
0: yeah, I lose it. It's bad. It's, it's a bad, bad
1: day. Bad bad day for Way King. That is his that is his hobby and that's what keeps him mentally healthy and mentally sharp and so for him that is a priority. But we list out those priorities and then those priorities are what we use to schedule our day. Don't just make a schedule because you pulled up some schedule on the internet. That is not going to work for you. Now, I know that a lot of a lot of schools and trust me, I've seen all the models there is to see mm-hmm. out there. And I've talked to so many friends and I've seen so many different things. Yes, there are certain times of day that your kids have to be on Zoom calls and they have to do certain things if you're on a digital model. And some of your kids are in school. But don't just pull up, research, Google, what is the best schedule for a six-year-old because whoever created that schedule might not have the same priorities that you have in your household. So it is so important that when you are creating a schedule, yes, to keep it simple. Listen, who cares? Who freaking cares about teacher of the year, parent of the year? No, nobody cares. No, take it all away. We are focusing on parenting our children, teaching our specific students. So to do that, We've got, to, we've got to get those priorities intact. Then we've got to create a schedule that reflects that. And then maintain, like you said, it has to be something that is sustainable and something that is consistent. Do not make a schedule that you know you are going to fail at within the first week. That is not what you want to set yourself up for. If anything, start with less. And then you can always add more as you go. So I think that's how we really use priorities in our household to yeah, really I, establish our I, I want to uh,
0: just capitalize on something you, you just spoke about, just pulling up a schedule and making that schedule. And we've kind of heard about that for individuals and being successful as an adult, but then also just as, um, as for, for, for children as well. We need to make sure that we can control what we can control. Hope said that, hey, a district, a school will send you certain schedules that kids have to do. You, you know what? That's out of your control. You, you have to follow that. But what can you control during that time period? We talk about this a lot with educators that are inside of the classroom that, hey, you may be given a scripted curriculum, but how can you modify that to make it work best for your students? Yeah, I may have to teach X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to use music or I'm going to transform my room into a certain way. Same thing for your, for your kids. If you see your child is exhausted and they have 10 minutes in between the next time period, they have to sit back down at that computer, allow them a little brain break, allow them to get up and move, allow them to reset themselves the best way that they can. But the only way you can do that is to have that conversation with your child too.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, important to be said that every single day is going to look different. I, You know, if you're not an educator, I think that parents, when they walk into these open houses or whenever they're visiting their child's classrooms and they see that there's a schedule listed on the board, while there is, and while that is our hope as an educator every day that we can, you know, maintain that schedule it rarely happens. It rarely no, happens. Got, yeah. Because no every way. single day is different. And I think what you know Wade was talking about, even with the simple brain breaks, building in those those into your schedule and into your day, you have to be flexible within that because every single day is gonna look different. And if we get so caught up, while we did talk about using our priorities to create a schedule for our children, whatever our schedule looks like, and making sure that, you know, there is time for movement within that day. And there is time for the child to have and, you know, express themselves in a hobby in some type of way, which I think is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Every single day is going to look different. And if we get so tied up in, but we're not on schedule and we didn't get this done today and we didn't. That is what every day is gonna truly become. And so it is so important, again, to let go. It's a common theme that we're hearing and seeing, let go of perfectionism and strive for progress, getting the best out of that day, just that day that you can, focusing on that day. Every single day is its own. When I walk into the classroom as an educator, every single day is different. And if I am, I learned this early on in my career, If I was constantly reflecting on what happened the day before or how bad of a day it was two days ago or how I'm behind in my schedule and my curriculum four days, I'm going to be the most miserable educator, parent, friend, human being because I'm carrying it with me. Think of... Education, your classroom, your kids as a roller coaster. And it is constantly, you know, there are peaks and there are valleys, and it is up and it is down, and it is up and it is down, and sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow, and sometimes it's taking you upside down for a curveball, right? We cannot ride that roller coaster with our kids. We've got to have a consistent emotion as we go throughout this day. So to do that, to be able to have a consistent emotion and not ride the roller coaster, because, listen, your kids are going to take you for a loop, buddy, if you allow allow them to. And as educators, we have 25 kids who are on 25 different emotional roller coasters who will take us for 25 different loops. But to maintain your consistent emotions as you as the facilitator or you, whatever you want your look to be, facilitator, teacher, educator, whatever it is, to to maintain consistency, you've got to be flexible. And you've got to let it just roll off and say, okay, I'm going to recover. And tomorrow we'll get back with it and we'll catch up a little bit, right? That's what I mean when I constantly say it's about taking steps forward and attacking each day as that, that day. And whatever happened that day, you let it go and you start anew the next day. Um, so, really, you know, like we said, keeping it simple, reevaluating your priorities, focusing on what is important to you specifically, to you and your family, and then creating that to be something that is sustainable and consistent, but also recognizing flexibility is going to be crucial crucial during this time especially during this time if not more um and just taking it one day at a time
0: yeah and taking it one day at a time sounds easier oh, than than actually doing it's it but so it's hard it's 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 the truth yeah. and what we have found that works with our students and what we have found that works with um friends that we have children who are virtual right now that are at home um, learning from the kitchen or from their bedroom or from the porch, whatever it may be, is that every single person that that they have seen success and it's working really well is having those clear instructions and expectations to allow for that consistency. And again, being simple with all of these, if you give your child five instructions or five expectations compared to 15, it's going to be very difficult. And what we hear a lot from parents is, I just don't know how to separate the parent um, responsibility from the teacher responsibility that we have. And we're, and we are here to tell you, you do not have to be the teacher. You are more of a facilitator than a teacher. You are still the parent. Every single day, you're still the parent, but you are facilitating and you are supporting those instructions and expectations, obviously from the teacher, but you have home instructions and expectations that you know as Wade King or Hope King or whoever is on the other side listening to this, that this is going to work for me as the parent every single day. And guess what? Keep it simple and then you can grow from it. Then you can add something else to it that's simple. Before you know it, it's you are thriving, you are killing it but having those clear instructions, having those clear expectations on what you expect from your child and communicate that with your child.
1: Specifically to the learning environment right now because mm. that is what is so so. Start different there. Just
0: start there. Yeah. Start with that learning environment.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really the big change that has happened in households. And so really getting those expectations down for that learning environment. What does that look like? And again, you know, we could sit here and tell you all day long, here five expectations. Every child is different. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Every, you might have a different set of expectations for every single child in your household um, as far as how their learning environment looks and what you expect out of them and how it must be done. Um, You know, that's going to look different for every child. So that's where that flexibility comes in. But it is about creating clear expectations, but it goes back to what we already talked about consistency. Um, One thing that I tell teachers all the time, and one thing that I have learned as a teacher and as a parent, is anybody can set expectations. And parents, here's where I think the struggle lies. Oh,
0: here it comes.
1: Anybody can set expectations. Listen, it is so easy. It is Go go get yourself some scented markers and they're called centos and that's what teachers use if that makes you. Go get yourself some centos markers and a poster board and listen... Anybody, I don't even care if you have good handwriting or not, you can make yourself a chart of the most beautiful expectations. And when you're making and it, and you might even print out clip art. I don't know if that's your thing. But when you are making it, you feel so good. You are like, this is going to work. Man, this is going to work. I'm going to sit my life. It, we are about to go from surviving mm-hmm. to thriving in three, two, Just from one. this chart. Just from this mm-hmm. chart, right? Killing. And you get that chart and you hang it up and you tell your kids the expectations. Let me tell you, that is the easiest part of the whole entire method. And you know this from parenting, but I think that we all need to be reminded of this as educators as well. Anybody can set an expectation. Here is the problem is once we set those expectations, that is what what must be. Mm -hmm. That must be the expectations. And the key to making expectations work is consistency. But here's where the problem lies. And guilty, we get tired. We get frustrated, we get burned out. Listen, it's easy to maintain expectations when you're feeling good, when you have that pretty chart and it's day one and you're having a good day and you feel you had two cups of coffee that day and you're energized and your husband did the dishes last night and cooked and you're like, yes, I can do this or vice versa, your wife did that for you, the husband, and you're feeling caught up on laundry and you are feeling, you are, you are ruling the world, man. Who runs the world? You do, you run the world. It is easy. To maintain expectations on those days. If your kids get out of line, hop out of line, they're doing something that wasn't expected, you can correct it. What happens on the days when your laundry is stockpiled to the dang ceiling and your kids, you tell you, like, it's like kids, turn your underwear inside out and wear them again. That, that's where you're at. And, and don't act like you right. haven't been there in life because we've all been there. Was like I don't even know if a, I have clean yeah. underwear. Don't I don't have. Ha- I can't find a clean fork. Where is my clean fork? I just want to be able to eat my salad. You just like, got an
0: email from your boss. You just got. You're, working you're from behind,
1: home. and it is oh my you. You whatever it may. Be. You've watched the news too much. That whatever. On those days where you are feeling so defeated, and you are so burned out, and you are so exhausted, and you don't know how you're going to take it one step further, those are the days when we let all expectations out the window.
0: Go ahead over there, Johnny. Get on your laptop. Yeah, do whatever you
1: want. Do- Mama's and, got to and, and Listen. I am not saying that we don't all do this as parents, but the it's problem hard. is it's hard to recover from that. And so when you think about setting expectations and maintaining consistency as hard as it is, you need to dig in deep in your belly on those days when you are feeling it the most and it is the most difficult that's when you have to sacrifice and that's when you have to maintain that consistency and you find it within yourself to say it one more time, to hold your kids accountable because that's where it's going to pay off. Guys, it doesn't pay off to set expectations and only do it when it's easy expectations pay off when you do it, when it's the most difficult. And this is the hardest part as a teacher, because we do get tired. We do get burned out. do We do get those negative emails or whatever it may be. And we are like, forget it today. We say, oh, it's just one day. And you're right. It is one day. And sometimes you just have to let it go and say, I didn't do well. I'm not telling you to be perfect, but I'm telling you, that the key to maintaining consistency is doing it on the hard days you have to sacrifice when it sacrifice when it's the most difficult
0: yeah and to keep it simple I mean, you, you cannot maintain that consistency. You cannot hold those expectations over your head and hold yourself accountable to those expectations if you're trying to do 10 or 15 things every single day to the best of your ability. We tell this to teachers all the time. I mean, even Hope and I, we have our own expectations for ourselves when we teach inside of the classroom. We're going to smile. I'm going to be consistent about laughing inside of the classroom because I want to spread joy. But we only we only stick to like four or five of those things. And when we master one or we feel like we've gotten one under control, then we move on to the next. But you cannot expect your child to be the best stu- student they can be, the best human they can be, if you're not modeling that yourself. And I promise you, your ch- your children will see you sacrificing everything for them. They will see you working for them. They will see your expectations and they will... Most of the time, <laughs> they're still kids, right? We know they mess up. But most of the time, they will give their best effort. But guess what? You can correct it. You, you can correct it. You can encourage them. You, you can cheer them on if you are holding yourself true to that. Because guess what? You're going to feel more confident about yourself if you are holding yourself accountable to your expectations right. as well.
1: You find strength. In your when you feel weak and you do something one more time, you say something one more time, you Uh maintain that that expectation one more time. That's where your strength comes from. That's right. So if you're looking for strength, you've got to. We know this from working out, y'all. You don't go to the gym and lift a weight and all of a sudden, like, boom, man, you got a you got a twelve pack. That is a like no. I do.
0: It's true. You
1: got to find where you are. (laughs) When in those moments where you're like, I can't do one more crunch. Those that push through, that's where you start seeing results. So if you want to see results, you've got to push through.
0: And and what do we say, Hope? What do we say? When we settle, what happens?
1: The magic dies. It dies. So again, it's not about trying to do everything perfectly. it's, It's impossible. When you try to do everything perfectly, you end up doing nothing perfect at all evaluate your priorities that's what you use to start scheduling your day the things that are most important to you whether it be things that keep you happy or things that are important to your health or you know the learning environment right
0: and then you manage your expectations to allow for for sustainability and consistency so you yourself can have confidence in uh, explaining those expectations, modeling those expectations, but so your kids will too.
1: Yeah, and then having flexibility. I mean, I think that that is the key to all of this is to also being flexible. Just because you're flexible does not mean that you lower your expectations. It means you find a new way, a new way to reach your child, a new way to to give the message or whatever it is you're trying to get them to do, a new way um, to get that memo to them. Um, But, you know, I think, again, when it comes to what we're doing and when it comes to this new first year, because it is, it's a new first year it's for all of us. It's a first
0: year for everyone because nothing like this has ever happened before.
1: Take off the pressure mm. and focus on on pursuing whatever the purpose is. Because when you take off the pressure Pursue the purpose. and you focus on the purpose and you take one step at a time, that is doable. Don't I saw a graphic and I don't know who to credit this to, guys. I apologize. Don't look at the whole staircase. If you look at the whole staircase and say, oh, my word, how am I going to get my kid through geometry, I don't know, physical science. Y'all, they threw away the SATs
0: and all of that last year. That wasn't obviously that important.
1: But don't look (laughs) at the whole staircase. Look at a step. Look at a step at a time. And you know what, parents? That step might be... Every day we're going to find somewhere new in the house to read. Mm-hmm. We're going to read together with my kids and it's going to be in a new location. It's sometimes it's going to be outside, sometimes we're going to make a fort. Sometimes we're going to read in the kitchen. Sometimes it's just going to be simple and on the couch because I ain't got time for nothing else. That that's a step. Another step might be setting that schedule. Another step might be teaching your child one of your hobbies that day. Another step might be I made it through the day. I made it th- that is a step. That is a step don't focus celebrate on the, the whole staircase. And my yep. goodness for the love, celebrate yourself, celebrate your kids, celebrate yourself, find joy in the small things. Because one of the most important things we understand about the classroom is that your kids are a direct reflection of you. And however you walk into that day, is going to be a direct reflection of your students, of your kids. And so find joy. Whatever you might have a routine for how you start your day with something joyful. And you start your day with something. We use music in the classroom all the time. We sing, we dance with our I kids. Walk we with write guitar. we write content to songs. We I transform my room into Super Mario Brothers There's and
0: superheroes and And I'm not saying that things. you have to do those no. things,
1: right? To create joy, but I'm saying you got to find things that make you happy. And you've got to allow those things to drive that facilitation and to fuel fuel. you as you are navigating this new normal. Guys, you've got this. You might not have ever planned to be a parent during a pandemic. (laughs) Trust me. Trust me. We didn't either. You might have never planned to be a teacher during the pandemic. But one thing that I know for certain is, number one, you are enough. You are enough to do this. You are the only parent that your child needs. They don't need the parent next door. Nope. They, they don't need, need Susie down the road who is doing all of these field trips, these elaborate field trips for her her kids, these virtual field trips. They don't, they don't need the teacher next door. They need you. And that's what needs to be your confidence. I am the best parent for my kids. I am the best teacher for my students. Allow that to be your mantra and say, you know what? And I'm going to be my best. And to be my best, I'm not going to try to be perfect because there's no such thing, but I'm going to strive for progress and I'm going to take one step at a time. So what is your one step going to be today? And then once you get through that step, what's your one step going to be tomorrow and the day after? We can all make it through this pandemic. We were made to do this. We were made to do hard things, but hard things don't happen overnight. Hard things happen one step at a time.
0: Well, hopefully this uh, kind of riled you up and inspired you because I want you to know that Hope and I are here cheering you on because we want this to be the best year that it can be for you, your kids, and your family.
1: We're ready to walk with you through this pandemic. That's
0: right. We are not uh, isolated from this. We are experiencing it, and we are living it, and we are loving you through it. So with that...
1: Keep going. One step. One step at a time, everybody. You've got it.
0: Until next time. The New EDU is hosted by me, Wade King.
1: And me, Hope King.
0: The show is produced by Chelsea Harfish
1: and edited by Andrew Weller, with production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo.
0: Cameron Berkman is our executive producer.
1: The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.